When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Up. Welcome to episode number 309 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the a little sad, which is okay. We can talk about getting sad sometimes, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing, Bubba? This stinks, man. It does stink. It, it, wh- what is happening? I know. I, I'm really sad. sad. Yeah, this, this, is, this is unfortunate. I try to preach as much optimism and everything, and... Yes, I was blind, and I made myself blind to the obvious nature that is the MLB owners that intentionally want to skip April. That has been their plan the entire time. They tried to craft it in a way so that the public eye wouldn't absolutely hate them for going out of their way to stop April from happening. Because a lot of owners, guess what? They lose money in April. And considering how service time works currently, guess what? They wouldn't get the 15 extra days um, that players would need to do another year. So they actually get an extra year of service time because they're missing April. It's absurd. It's crazy. It it angers me to no end that those that are in control of our game care least about it. And I'm enraged. I did a crazy thing today fast in response by saying that every single day... <laughs> Until the lockout ends, I will write a going deep article. Some real manic energy I got from that one. Some <laughs> real, I had to ch- I had to check in with you after that. Some people are like, "All right, till the lockout's over, I'm going to draw a picture of Mike Trout." You're like, yeah, until right. the lockout's over, I'm, I'm writing gonna, an article writing. that." Um, I mean, here's the thing about that. Uh, a, I haven't been doing. It. I've been actually kind of been reminiscing of the time when I was uh, constantly writing for rotographs and instead of doing like the waiver wire piece. I was able to do twice a week an actual proper pitching spotlight. Um, mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed those. I look back at those fondly, like the the Noah Syndergaard flower all ignoring and the last time I ever titled an article, The Curious Case of Blank, before mm-hmm. some commenter said, The Curious Case of Lazy Titles, and I learned better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I had, I had a lot of fun um, doing those, and I found myself going too far away from writing. And this is the perfect time to bring it back. So music to my ears. You know, music to my ears. I do the SP roundup every day in season, and considering we're losing part of our season, well, I might as well be able to make it up by doing this instead at night. I have an editor, which is fantastic, Felix. Mm -hmm. Um, He's ready to go. The graphics team is all for it, and I have the PL Plus team. All everybody who supports the site, they get to vote every day. On uh, who I uh, who will be written about that day? I probably will be writing them on stream, and I think I might be going Monday through Friday, um, streaming now as I just write my article. So instead of Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm just gonna write it on stream. If you guys want to join me, go to Twitch.tv/PetroList, hang out. And the last thing I'll say fast before we get to the 71 and 80 mm-hmm. is um, 
if you guys are out there and you're listening, you're a fan of this podcast, and you enjoy what we do at Pitcher List, consider, just consider supporting us with PO Plus. It goes a long way for us in this time where uh, we're not doing as well because we don't have February and March and a lot of April now probably uh, doing the same stuff. So we we want to do so many things here. Um, we have this massive staff and it's all been because of the support over the years that we've had. And uh, it goes a long way. If you guys know, of course, I don't take anything from PitcherList. It just goes back into the entire site. So if you can consider supporting us, please get PLs Plus. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to start. I, it's, it stinks to start on such a downer note, but it's also good to acknowledge that we're, well, A, that's the most important thing that Nick said. If you can, it'd be awesome to have your support. It's what helps keeps us afloat. Um, but yeah, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, I mean, yesterday I felt bad, you know, during, during my TGFBI, it just felt like I was so excited when the draft started. I was so excited for tout yesterday and it just, you know, it really took the wind out of my sails. I like took a long walk with Chris where I like broke down what the entire situation was. And it's just tough. It's tough. You know, I mean, like we, we spend so much of our free time doing this, right? We spend so much of our free time, like, you know, talking about these guys and having fun thinking about these guys and, you know, uh, Twitter, it's been good to see the response from Twitter. It's been, it's been exciting in my mind to like see all these pro player takes. That's really, really great. Maybe I just live in like an echo chamber, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to like, because you you put so much passion into this and then to kind of have that slap in the face is uh, so much we want to do and it's right there Mm -hmm. ready to do it it's uh it it, it's maddening It, it is so maddening because it's nothing on our you know on our side affecting this we're ready we we've put in the time we put in our effort we've been doing this for eight years and it we just we wanted to achieve all the stuff this year and we still can it's just Come on, guys. Like, owners, seriously, it's unbelievable. It's it's un, it's unbelievable. It is. But that's it's, it. It, when you, no, it's, you take a step back and it's like, could you imagine the NBA being like, we're, 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 we're going to cancel? <laughs> or like, or, or the NFL being like, we're going to cancel the first two. Like, it's just, it doesn't show the priority for the, for the game. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, no. But we did want to at least acknowledge that we're just as frustrated as you are. But also, we recognize that these podcasts are a release for you. Exactly. These podcasts are a positive release, and we want to be able to continue to provide that release for you and focus on the purity of the thing that we love the most, which is talking about pitching. Before we get into yes! the pitching, though, before we get into the pitching, no! <laughs> my tout draft was this Oh, yeah, week. let's talk about that. Yes. Uh, and well, I guess here, Nick, you you love it when we get to do this, uh, where it's like, I'll hand the reins over to you. Oh, uh, you my can, God. You I mean, we, go, we could you know. do fast. Um, we were originally planning to make this the 71 through 80 cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering that baseball is baseball right now, there isn't as much of a rush for us to get through all of them. And okay. I'm making this decision right now. I want to just talk about your tout war draft. We got a live pivot. We got a live pivot. We got a live pivot. I know, we have done I, 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 we have done 309 podcasts and we have never had a live pivot. I, I'm like fully red. Look at me. I'm like, I'm like actually. This is bear. amazing. This is amazing. This yeah, is amazing, I, Nick. I, I'm stoked about this. Is this is the content that makes us the number one baseball podcast. Number one. 
Number one. one. We got a uh, live pivot. <laughs> okay, pivot so, live. so here's what happened. I get to be host again. Hi, and welcome to the On the Corner podcast, episode 309. I am Nick Pollock, and today, joining me is the nearly father himself, <laughs> the parental uh, preparer, Alex Fast. How are we doing, Alex? Terrified, baby. We got <laughs> four weeks left setting up the baby room. Just, you know, ready to meet this person. Was hoping I could meet them on opening day. But I will say a silver lining, a silver lining is I'll be able to spend a little more time with yes. the baby before baseball starts. And that's nice. But yeah, nearly fathered Alex. Here I am. Nearly parental prepared uh, i'm gonna just throw more words that don't quite go together yeah i like it it's, it's great so mr alex fast here mm. um I, I will say one thing was something we've been kind of pushing off we were thinking about doing earlier on or not there there's whispers of course of the nick and alex baseball show we're really excited about this um but we wanted to to launch not only at the right time you know, we want to, don't really want to do it when they're in this like sour time of it, but we also want it to be the proper experience as well. You know, we could yeah. do it um, kind of streaming like, what you know, us having the podcast in general. But no, we want this to be like a live produced show. So give us some more time on that one. Um, I imagine also fast will need a moment as a father. Mm. So I so the idea of us kind of launching it mid March, mid late March. Probably going to be delayed a little bit past that, yeah. because you know you're. When when are you expecting exactly? Uh, uh, like March thirty first, April first, right around there. Oh wow! So it really was just like opening day. Yeah, it was literally opening day. There was a really good shot. My baby was going to be born, or our baby was going to be born on opening day. Not Kristen and I, Nick and I's child. So here we are, fast. So fast here pivot. we are. All right, the, the fast pivot indeed. It's Tout Wars. Who won last year? Me, wow! <laughs> it's a me. I I don't know how. I don't know how, but I did. Oh, stop it! Uh, yes, you won last year. You are defending your honor, and I probably still without starting pitching ranks in full. I mean, it sounds like you have a decent. You're decently there. Yeah, how far are you on your ranks? Like thirty, forty. I mean, I've got like a, a okay, good yeah, amount. You got, some, you got some work to do. I've got some progress. Okay. Um. So so here's the thing. It's a head-to-head mixed. It's, I believe, five by five. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're just very standard 12-team mix, correct? It's a standard 12-team mix, but yeah, in terms of draft, uh, only differences are OBP instead of average. Okay. And then no wins, innings pitched instead. Oh, I love that. And holds and saves. Holds and saves. Okay. Together. Together is one category. And I'm also noticing this is a massive, massive draft board. Uh, Mm -hmm. 29 rounds. Yeah, I, so so I assume five outfielder, middle infield, the corner infield. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's okay. correct. So there's yeah, you and then also it's a it's a weekly, which really plays an mm. important part, I think, um, and unlimited IL spots. It was my first year on the format last year, and there are some weird nuances that come with that. There are some things that uh, led me to make certain decisions that unlimited IL, and then there are others um where i kind of got sniped uh which gotcha well well let's go straight into this okay um and this is really funny because i'm turning on the like the mock draft from the off season attitude yeah i love it for it 
I'm ready because you didn't participate this year in that one. No, so I, I get did to not. actually I was like grill moving. you finally. Yeah. yeah, moving. He was on a Peloton. Okay, you literally. Had the, right yes, I, I'm. <laughs> sixth pick. Is yeah. this? Uh, how did that get to be? Did you get to choose that because you were you won last year? Because I won last year, I got to choose. And so here was kind of my my thinking. I don't like to go first or second or third, right? Because it, I just think you have to wait way too long until mm. you get to pick again. And I think there's a fall off. My methodology is like there are some clear people that are like first rounders, right? So like Tati, Soto, Ramirez, Turner, um, Car- uh, uh, Garrett, Cole, uh, Vlad, you know, everyone knows these. Um, yeah, Vlad I like Seller, to be, absolutely always a first rounder to me. He's my, he's my one, one yes. baby. He's a nice yeah. man. Um, yeah. I want to be in a position where I actually don't even have to choose. Like I, I don't, I, there are so many of these guys that I like, like at such an equal level that it's like, what's the latest I can pick to still get a crop of guys that I think is really good. Cause that means it's going to get back around to me a little bit quicker. You know sure, what I mean? Right, and right. that way I don't ha- like, I, I just always hated being in a draft where it was like, Soto or Acuna Soto. Or Acuna. It's just like, I don't really, at some, at some point you don't care. Just let it fall to you. Um, and then you can get a good pick on the way back. So I chose sixth, and that's what I also had last year too. Although my my draft last year was kind of garbage, um, which is ironic. Um, so that also gave me a, that kind of alleviated the pressure a little bit. But yeah, well, that's okay. why I chose sixth. So it's interesting. I'm finding myself wanting so badly to get an elite shortstop that I want one, two, or three mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would want Tatis, Turner, or Bichette, and I'm mm-hmm. finding myself leaning toward that i i obviously want bichette third there but i know that jose ramirez for some is one one yeah i soto versus vlad i feel like everyone decided that soto is the better one of the the non-steel guy even though soto will get a couple steals and whatnot yeah and there's of course garrett cole that or Gordon burns that do find themselves inside that first round as well now so you got six and what do you know you got mr vladdy guerrero himself you must be thrilled with that I, I was pretty happy. I mean, I and I was kind of hoping that Jose Ramirez would fall as there have been some drafts where I've seen him go a little bit later, but he didn't. Um, I was really happy that Clegg took Garrett Cole because there was a part of me that was like, do I just do this? Do I just take Cole? I mean, like in an innings league, like, am I going to go ahead and lock this down? But Vlad came to me. I chose him over Bichette. I chose him over Harper solely because I felt a little bit more, uh, I don't know, I... I was sold on those skills. One B obviously isn't like shallow. There's plenty of guys that you could take a little bit on in the second, third, and fourth round. One B. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It took me a second. I was like, one A versus one B. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. That was weird. First base. No, um, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. For I, it. I don't know why I said it like that. But I yeah, mean, two I mean, B or not two B. I get it. You know, that I just say second base. Yeah. I I kind of I remember when Vlad was first coming up I was very anti-draft Vlad and then because I just thought it was going to take him a while but I think he's here he's here to stay great there's there's really the, like the only thing that people debate about him is what are you going to do about the stolen bases but if you know me which Nick does oh, I, oh, I know, me as soon I know. It this is the funniest thing ever I will get to that in a second I yeah. want to tell you a quick story in in fourth grade at my school there is the fourth grade play every single year as okay. a grade, we all put on some play. And what I was, I uh, was the Horton Hears a Who. Very um, this good. Is, this is way back before there was a movie or anything like that. There was an adaptation um, that my school put on. And they created a character named Vlad. And he had a slogan. He was he was a delivery um, vulture. 
Um, and he had a slogan, you fly with Vlad and you'll be glad. And, and you remember that to this day. Oh, God. I, that, fly with Vlad and you'll be glad. There you go. I might make my team name Horton Here's a Who just because of that. Um, wow. Don't. It's a, it's, but okay. <laughs> it's a good start. It's a good start. So I was, I was excited by that. I also, yeah, I was, I was just excited to have that built in. Wonderful. So second round comes and you essentially go Brandon Woodruff. I mean, he's my favorite pitcher left because he is my number three and Colin Burns are gone. Walker Bueller went earlier on in the round. Was there someone? Oh, wow. I'm actually kind of shocked. I would not have taken Woodruff in your position. I In, in many ways, um, if I'm six and Woodruff is there, I could very much see myself going for Woodruff, even though mm-hmm. I profess myself as lots of hitters. I think Woodruff is just that good and that solid. However, Ozzy Albies went right after. And one thing that I preach a lot about is I'm actually doing this in, um, I did it in the mock on Twitch on Tuesday. I is how nice it is to get shortstop, second base, and third base super early. Yeah, um, it really just opens up your entire um, entire draft. And Ozzy Albies, to me, I mean, I've been seeing him in the first round actually. And by the end of it, TGFBI, he was uh, he was right after mine in the fourteenth round or fourteenth overall. Why did you pass on Ozzy Albies here? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if I'm necessarily as, as high on him. I mean, my methodology is always going to be no pitcher hitter in the first two rounds um with that said i think that's a very very valid argument like i i think that third base and and short or second are the positions that i would want to try and wrap up first which you got none of in the first four rounds yeah yeah exactly and you're right because (laughs) there wasn't anything that really like appealed to me there right i mean like i could theoretically had seen bogarts it just never really worked out like it was going to fall to me um, I, yeah, I guess I could have taken Bogarts over uh, the guy I took in the third round. But to me, the only conversation I was having was actually I, I still don't know if I feel good about Woodruff solely because we hadn't had a decision about if the season was going to be delayed. But it really sounded like it was. I yeah. kind of wish I just would have pulled the trigger and gone with DeGrom. Because oh, I interesting. OK, right. In a condensed sh- season does amplify DeGrom. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I think I'll be happy. I'm gonna get at the end of the day i'm probably you're probably gonna get if we miss a month of the season you're probably gonna have a similar uh inning total uh, between woodruff and, and degrom i will never get used to hearing that phrase yeah, um, that yeah so that is such an interesting discussion that i don't have a good answer for i know i'm going to be asked it a lot and i have to prepare mm-hmm. it but how much do i raise jacob degrom assuming you know let's say a month has gone the season now it's 80 percent of one the impact of whatever time you're missing from DeGrom is lessened. However, I will say this. When it comes to DeGrom, you know, before, let's let's say full season, which it isn't, mm-hmm. but the idea of us diminishing DeGrom's value wasn't like he goes for four months and then doesn't pitch for two. The idea sure. of it is DeGrom pitches in April and then he's out for six weeks and he comes back and then whatever, and there's a yo-yo. Um, or something as simple as like, yeah, you have a torn UCL, you're done, you mm-hmm. know, and missing that month of the season doesn't necessarily mean that the impact of DeGrom's potential injury that we all expect is now lessened. It's not like, oh, you expect 150 innings from DeGrom, this guy 180, but now it's a month less, so you're going to get 150 mm-hmm. versus 150, right? So I don't know how much... We should be amplifying it. it is, to some degree, yes. 
but it's not like DeGrom is my number three now. You know, I'm probably, I mean, I'm saying this out loud right now. I'm figuring it out. Maybe my five ahead of Bueller. Mm. But that's as high as I can consider. I might still do it at six. I don't know yet. But I, I got to figure that one out. And I, you know, I implore all of you to listening to try and figure that one out yourself. No, I mean, I think it's informative for people to hear. I think that's good. Um, you, while you were talking, I was trying to see if I could, well, I was listening to what you're saying, but I was also just trying to see if I could. So you were listening. Yes, I got you. No, I was. I was. I was. I was trying to see if I could find a better, you know, just looking at Ozzy Albies and thinking, is that the right choice? Is it? Is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think it it is a good point. It's a really good point that Albies could have been Uh, the guy. But you took Woodruff, though. So what made you go with Woodruff as the fourth starter off the board in your second round pick? Um, was he fourth or third? Someone did he go? Did someone else go? No, Walker Bueller went before. Oh, Walker Bueller. Yeah, at that point, I was like, I like I said, I was thinking about pitching, and. I you always go pitch your really second round. I know you fast. It's yeah, just what exactly. You do. I don't think you can go wrong with him, but yeah, uh, I, I I chose him over Scherzer, which I also would have been fine with, just because I think less injury risk, a little bit younger. Um, I would have been happy with Wheeler. I was kind of surprised that Wheeler went before Jacob Degrom. Um, I I think I probably in this format would prefer Degrom. I actually had Degrom as my innings, most valuable fast. pitcher. Innings, innings, is, but it, with the shortened season, huge. I just don't think it'll be that much different. I believe Zach Wheeler had the most right last year. He did last year. He did, yeah. but I don't know. I, maybe I'm just being pessimistic about I mean, how even much time if it's he like, like, think of it in this way, like 213 innings versus 150, which is what it was before. I know, I know we're not talking about the injury stuff. That's such a significant difference. Um, and, take away 30 games, though. Well, I'm sorry? I take away 30, uh, not 30, 30 actual games, and take away five, six starts and oh, then truncate right, the okay. season. Like, I'm it sorry, two starts for Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I that's, still prefer Wheeler over DeGrom. No, okay. <laughs> that's that's why I ended up going with Woodruff in the second. I was, I was, I'm happy with it. Uh, it's sure. nice to have that one-two punch. So, okay, so if you guys know Alex Fast in previous years, you'll know that his favorite thing in the world, did he do it? You didn't do it, no. Uh, someone else got now. the second guy. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just the, the Fast special <laughs> Starling Marte and JD Martinez, and he'll just shout to you, "It's the perfect pairing." <laughs> I got my, I got my speed, I got my power. You know, you would do this like second, third round every time. JD Martinez, where did he go ultimately in this one? I'm trying to find him right now. I yeah, me too. Uh, but anyway, you got Starling Marte. Of course, you did mm-hmm. in the third round. Why? Oh, why? I mean, essentially, Vladdy and Starling Marte is J.D. Martinez and Starling Marte. You hit, the, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, like, I needed an outfielder, I, I and I needed to make up for the gap it, that stolen bases, uh, you know, that I had by taking Vlad over, like, a Beau Bichette. And I just think Starling Marte is undervalued every year. I don't know why we don't... I don't know why he's, like, not more of a mainstay. He's, like, constantly producing for people. I think he's going to be able to do just as well in, in New York. He's got a good lineup. Like, so what? I get 25, 30 stolen bases with a really good amount of ribbies, a really good amount of runs. The OBP isn't going to kill me. I just dig it. I just absolutely dig it. So, so if, I must have missed this before. It's an OBP league, not an average league. Yep. Okay, good to know. Very good to know. Um, the way you just said he's producing for people makes me feel like he's Timberland. Um, and yes, <laughs> that's that's Marte indeed. I uh, seventh round, by the way, was where Jaden Martinez went. Yeah. Um, third pick of that round. I uh, so you you know four away from yours uh, from the third spot. I uh, but yeah, Stalling Marte. I mean, I, I think the major concern is that he's getting older. The speed yep. eventually dries up, and if Marte isn't stealing as much, then 
he is not returning that third round value. Are you concerned with that at all in New York? Um, no, not not as much in New York. Uh, uh, his manager, Buck Showalter, uh, is going to be just fine with letting him steal some bags, oh, in my right, opinion. Man, I mean, look at there's all this stuff. Like, I want to see Buck in New York, you know? Yep. Ah, uh, God. Okay. Um, look at you. It's, by the way, I want to tell everybody listening really quickly. Um, at the top of this, it says everyone's names. Chris Towers, uh, you know, Jeff Boggess, and there's Chris Clegg. And it says Alexander. And so I looked at this right away and I was like, wow, he went Otani, Freeman and Bieber, you know, and I was like, you went Bieber over Alcantara. And then I saw, wait, there's someone named Fast. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so happy because you got Sandy Alcantara in the fourth round and that's just studly. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mike Alexander. uh, And yeah. The I was I was very excited. I mean, like this is an innings pitched league, right? And he's another guy who's probably going to get you a good amount of innings pitched. Oh, I love it so. Much. Um, and I I think too what what excited me about that start was like now I've got a really good innings floor to build upon. Now I can take a little bit more risk later on if I want to, and maybe stretch out a little bit. And there was one guy that I was hoping to pair those three guys with. And I got absolutely sniped later on by Jake Seeley and MLB moving averages. Um, it turns out MLB moving averages wanted a different guy. Jake Seeley wanted another guy. They ended huh. up going with Jake's guy. And I got completely screwed over. Really? By Dylan Cease? Seriously? Yeah, that's exactly who it was. <laughs> All right. No, um, I mean, you guys know how much I love Sandy. I'm not going to do more about that. By the way, with the going deep stuff, yes, I'll make sure one of them is about my love for Sandy Alcantara. I actually haven't that's done good. that. I haven't done like an actual article being like, let me tell you and show you why Sandy Alcantara is the greatest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm certainly going to do that. Um, That probably will be like a day's worth of me doing the going deep article instead of like probably at 10 p.m. most nights. (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway, so fourth round, Sandy Alcantara, you just pairing with Woodruff. You have Stalling Marte, you got speed, you got power. You got it all right now, except the closer. And we'll talk about that later. I mean, you are the man that says we're drafting saves wrong. So never criticize how fast drafts closers. Yeah. Will probably. Well, uh, <laughs> here's well, let's before we even dive into that. Yes. We, just to bottle, bottle it up. Remember, it's saves plus holds. Oh, this is a souls so, league. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, All right, so that is, changes it, it everything. 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 And guess what? We have an incredible resource for that with Rick Graham's mm-hmm. top 100 saves plus holds rankings. Does it every single week um, in season? It's invaluable. Can I express it for this, this draft? I think it's actually like among my friends, the number one thing that they use at Pitcher List. Not my roundups, not the yeah. list. They use Rick Graham's saves plus holds because no one else does it. it yep. Or at least they don't do it like he does. Amazing. Super valuable reference for this uh, for this draft. We're going to go to the fifth. And, hey, we were talking about this. Shortstops. Shortstops, mm-hmm. shortstops, shortstops. What are we going to do? So we got Xander Bogarts going in the third. Trevor Story and Tim Anderson in the fourth. Kind of typical. Uh, I kind of love getting Trevor Story in the fourth where I can. That's personally one of my mini targets if I miss out on the top three. Mm. Um, and I found myself going away from your guy, and that is Francisco Lindor. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of guys in here. Like, I'm not as big on Seager. I'm not as big on Baez and where the, the parks that they went into. Um, Franco would have been fine. Um, I ended up choosing Lindor over him. 
I just think that there's enough from each category that he's going to provide you. Um, OBP makes him, I think, a little bit better. The average, what, it's going to be like 255, but again, it doesn't matter we as much. No, Francisco Lindor had a very strange uh, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that, he, but still, he's going to compile, right? He's going to get you more than 10 steals. He's going to get you more than 20 uh, uh, home runs. His OBP isn't going to kill you. And again, you know, where is he projected to hit right now inside of that lineup? He's got to be what? I don't know if I he's in the top he's, three. I don't know which one, though. Yeah, he's hitting third. So he's like right ahead of Alonzo and right behind Starling Marte. And oh, yeah, Robinson Cano. Um, so I will say this: last year, Francisco Lindor was 205th in OBP mm. at 313. I mean, you want to hope that the 10 percent walk rate goes up. The 230 average didn't help. I mean, I, I think everyone here is assuming that Francisco Lindor again very strange season: 20 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 125 games. Though he gets more games, or relative to the the field, he's fine. It's a it just kind of stinks. This is why I want to go Turner, Tatis, and Bichette. I want to get this all out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like the one he got in the ninth round, but you got that for other purposes, and we'll talk about that later on. He was another guy that I was targeting as well. Yeah, yes. so I was kind of happy to pair them up. I, I think, too, like, you know, highest walk rate of his career, uh, it's the it's the average that brought down that OBP. So I think if he can maintain at a 9-10% walk rate, I'm expecting him to jump back up an average. So, yeah, I think I'll be okay there. All and right, then cool. these next two guys, I think uh, Chris Towers just tweeted, like, how did we let the reigning Tout Wars champion get Joey Gallo oh and Yasmani Grandal back to back? T- this is a two-catcher league, I assume. It's a two-catcher league. And you got, yeah, Gallo in the sixth and Grandal in the seventh is absurd. And in, in an OBP league, I just think they the, they could just anchor my team. Like, I, Joey Gallo is a just incredibly valuable in this format because, again, the average 350, doesn't matter. 350 OBP. So you can kind of just be like, it doesn't bring you down. That's all no. that means. It's not saying We're not saying that Joey Gallo is going to be an OBP lift, but yeah. the one negative he had is gone. It's gone, and he's going to get you plenty of home runs. Oh. So you Play. just love it. So now when when you have Gallo, so this is what I kind of like so far, because it's I'm I'm moving forward in home runs. I got Gallo and Vladdy, right? Now I don't need to worry about theoretically Marte not contributing a heck of a lot of home runs, but I have the stolen bases. I'm not not competitive, right? Right. Like I'm not like I don't need to play catch up. Um, So at this point, I'm feeling balanced and I'm feeling good. And that's all I want. And then that last pick of the eighth. I feel real good now again with a delayed season in Max Muncy. Mm, if he, yes. you give him more time to heal. I just took him in TGFBI for this exact reason. I so all right, good. So you and I are on the same page about that. Yeah. You just give I mean, him like, go ahead. He's he's a perfect example of someone because of the delayed season. Like if you remember 2020, um, there were a long list of injury guys that we were a little bit more in on. One would be Zach Eflin, honestly, for pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson Tyone is another one of these guys kind of recovering. You could even suggest Charlie Morton might be a little bit better. Um, Lance McCullers is weird, though, because I think he was saying that he needed the facilities to finish his rehab a bit, or it's kind of unclear in that way. You can maybe say something about um, Carlos Rodon or Clayton Kershaw, their injuries, whatever concern we had. Well, there's more time to heal, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the very least, we had a certain... Like May expectation for Tyone and Eflin to become a little bit more interesting. And not necessarily something yeah. targeting for both, but somebody to consider. And yeah, Max Muncy's the same way. 
I mean, Tommy John, but or not Tommy John, but uh, elbow injury and yeah, yeah. returning. We were thinking would be fine for opening day. Now it's like, oh, yeah, he should be good. And Max Muncy is really, really good, especially in OBP. The, these four picks in a row. I mean, you can, uh, Pablo Lopez is the is the 10th round. Sorry to spoil it, but mm-hmm. um, we have a disagreement. Um, I, in general, 10th round Pablo Lopez is fine, but there was someone else there. Thank well, you. But we're going to talk about it in a second. I'm sorry to, okay. to do that. No, no, no. Go ahead. It's my fault. But Max no. Muncy. Excellent pick here. You must have been stoked about it. Yeah, I, I was really happy. I had him last year as well. He's a great. I mean, so what? You're going to get 30 home runs again with like a 370. <laughs> and you're, not, get, you're getting it's OBP. Yeah, yeah, a 370 OBP on on maybe you know on a fantastic offense in LA. Like, uh, yeah, the only thing you don't get is is stolen bases. But again, I've got an okay floor. Um, he's he's projected right now to hit fourth. Like, like, come on. Clean up for the Dodgers. Like, no, let's let's go. This is also head to head. So, no. Head, no, it's not. It's Roto. It's Roto. It's Roto. OK, so there is a little bit more of a need than general um, for stolen bases. So head to head, you can get away with um, essentially think of it this way. Um, let's say you get 66 stolen bases in the year and I get 33. That gives me a two to one chance uh, or, or one to two to essentially win that week. There's 33 percent chance to still win it. Yeah. Even though I'm significantly behind. However, Roto, it's not that way. I mean, yeah. you get you know fewer points innately, so it's a it's a harder thing to uh, to punt. Um, but we'll we'll talk about. It. I'm trying to scan right now and see if there are some. And there are one. Uh, yeah, there's like one option I'm seeing that is maybe going to help you with that later on. Um, what with we'll the stolen bases? That. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, see there's a few. Major. There's a few options there that are they're small compilers. Cool. All right, um, so so Max Muncy, love that one. Jorge Polanco in the ninth. I mean, you can stick this in your middle infield um, or second base. I mean, Muncy's also second base and also flexible first or second. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Polanco in the ninth. Yeah, you 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 just kind of hit two really major points for me that I think I, I focus on in a lot of drafts and definitely focused on here, which is like multi-position eligibility is really huge and it's really going to help what is going to probably be a shallow outfield for me, which we'll get to in a bit. But what I thought was interesting about Polanco is he's actually getting he's he, he's probably going to achieve the same or more. Uh, in every category aside stolen bases than Javi Baez, and he's going like 30, 40 picks after Javi Baez. He's projected for the same amount of home runs, more runs, more ribbies, a better average, and just like three or four fewer stolen bases than than Baez. Uh, so I, I really like taking Polanco that late. Yeah, I think if you can get that every time, if you know you are going to, then there's your shortstop problem, there's your second base problem, whichever one you don't fill. Exactly. Um, so 10th round, you went Pablo Lopez. And you guys know me. I adore the human Pablo Lopez. I adore watching him pitch. It's just a question of his shoulder and if that's going to uh, you know, rear its ugly head once again. It limited his season this year. It's limited his season the previous years. Um, and Pablo Lopez, to his benefit or to his credit, came back the last game of the season and pumped Ched. Mm-hmm. It was, he was throwing harder than ever. In that final start, and we're talking like five innings, not just like one inning or so. Um, it makes me encouraged that he's all right for this year. But what made you take Pablo Lopez over Alec Manoa? Um, well, and how dare you? 
I there's this is this is here it is. Here's the moment where Sealy and MLB moving averages m- ruined my day. Oh, really? Um, yes. That's the I'm one. S- yes. I'm sitting there and I'm all excited to go ahead and have my SP three potentially be my SP one in Shane McClanahan. Huh. And he's gone. And as I goodbye. learned, because I there was <laughs> goodbye uh, I, after the draft, my wife said, how'd it go? And I said, good. And she said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. She said, so why did you yell the F word at one point? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun, right? That was the word. Yeah, that was it, the first two letters are right. Um, yeah. The uh, and that was it. I messaged Jake uh, and I said, uh, that same word and then yourself and then what happened there <laughs> yeah uh, and then how like what happened and he said it was between him and Manoa and Sealy actually pushed moving averages to take uh, McClanahan over Manoa and I, I I'm not gonna lie I was actually very frazzled and because I, 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 I messed up and I was like I wasn't even planning for what my second pick was at the time. And I just saw Pablo Lopez and I was like, Pablo Lopez or Manoa. I don't know if I'm as much of a believer in Manoa, but I think you can make Clearly. a really good case. <laughs> I think you can make a really good case for him over there. I don't think it's a detriment. Like Pablo Lopez is still a very good pitcher. I think I can agree with you that Manoa's ceiling is higher. Um, and I, I will pitches? say that. How many pitches are good with Pablo Lopez? How many pitches are good? Yeah. One and a half, two. How many pitches are are good with Alec Manoa? Two and a half. Yeah, I got you. I I will say uh, it doesn't hurt as much because if it was a regular league, it would because Manoa is going to get more wins. Doesn't matter. That's I a think good the point. innings. I think the innings pitched will be fairly similar. Um, I think that you know definitely K's will go to Manoa. Um, ratio uh, or WHIP rather might be pretty similar. Is there more upside to Manoa? I agree. I, I think I definitely could have taken Manoa. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's funny. I should just grade every pitcher like that. How many good pitches does he have? Mm-hmm. Okay. How many pitch, good pitches does he have? And I'll do like a 1.75. I'll do like, sure. what does that even mean? Except there goes Waskari Noah. There goes Waskari Noah. <laughs> yeah, for right? You. Well, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Okay, so then I'll say like elite versus good or something. I don't know. That's a stupid, it's a stupid system. I just wanted to be really coy like that. Um, I mean, Pablo Lopez did excellent things last year, despite not really connecting with his cutter and his curveball. Uh, I hope that one of those things comes through. Fastball command was really, really nice. Uh, the thing that scares so, me is if he gets moved. Pablo Lopez? Yeah, if Pablo Lopez gets, Why I mean, they do have a lo- about that. They do have a logjam because that's if he gets moved out of that stadium. Oh, I'm not worried about wins. I'm not worried about wins. Yeah. So if he gets moved out of that stadium, then the ratios could take a hit. And then that losing, you know, not choosing Manoa. I mean, he's not going to be in a stadium that's worse than Manoa's. But again, Manoa's upside is a little bit higher. Um, he gets so we'll to see. Toronto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I think what's going to happen. This happens every single year is I rank a guy like like Pablo Lopez, a 32 or something. And the reason he's there is because of how, I don't know how many innings we're going to get, mm. you know, Um and then all of a sudden he does exactly what we expect Pablo Lopez to do in the first month. And I'm thinking, oh, you know what? Mm, uh, maybe he's at 24 now, you know, and yeah. then he gets hurt. I'm like, ah, oh, you, you dingus, Nick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a hard balance to do. Now, the, the in season, it's, it's really, really difficult to say I made this ranking knowing that he was going to have a good April, knowing he was going to have a good May. And then now is when it's not going to happen. 
there is a thought process and season of, okay, he's pitched a month already, and there are, are no signs of things going badly, right? So keep that in mind, you know, rankings and stuff are weird, and it you can never win <laughs> um, with them. But uh, I'm still taking Alec Manoa everywhere just because I think his four-seamer is elite, and I think his slider is elite, and it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah. Pablo Lopez is still going to help you, so I prefer that you took him over Verlander, Eovaldi, and Blake Snell. And I gotta say, this is I got I got inside information. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, this is literally what happened. I, I want to tell this story very quickly. Yesterday, I'll, you know, I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling happy about the news. I'm sure you guys, you know, understand. I talked to the our amazing developers, kind of talked about our situation. What should we do? All this kind of stuff. What's the plan ahead? Um, then I was lucky to talk to, uh, Casey Bubba and, and Toby, um, to jump in on their podcast when Toby had a moment of video trouble and I had a wonderful 20 minutes talking to them. Then, uh, I jumped on into plaid here, uh, on the discord and I was, you know, I thought I was going to go to bed and then all of a sudden I saw that Blake Snell mm-hmm. was live streaming on Twitch and I thought, you know what? Right now, I need to just kind of see like how a player is dealing with this because I'm I'm in a weird state. And there's Blake Snell doing Blake Snell things, you know, playing MLB the show. And I got to hand it to him, you know. It, it, I kind of imagine these players. How many viewers would you expect? I would honestly imagine a guy like Blake Snell. He deserves to have five hundred, a thousand, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was about a hundred or so. Maybe I got in in a certain time, and he was talking to chat. So I thought, you know what? Like I have questions. <laughs> And I and I asked, hey, what's up, Blake? So is the changeup still in timeout? Because if you guys remember, Blake Snell said, my changeup is in timeout. And, of course, mm-hmm. in August, moving on, he stopped throwing the changeup and had a lot of success. And he and he responded. He said, what up, Pedralis? Um, No, the changeup is not in timeout. And I'm actually really excited. Not great. In 2022. And I clipped it because I don't think anyone would, would believe me. So if you want mm. the clip. Um, you can ask me for it. Um, I'm yeah, that's not the response I wanted. I want, wanted yeah, you wanted to hear it's Blake gone. Snell. Yeah, be like, no, man, I was really feeling the four seamer and and the slider, and I really don't feel like I need to go to the changeup right now. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there. That happened. I mean, what is that? Right, that's like one sentence. Of whatever, yeah. but it does indicate to us, I mean, at least to me, that it's not going to be like a 5% changeup, likely. At the same time, yeah. we've seen like Tyler Glass now say, no, I'm really working my changeup. I mean, he throws like 8 to 10% of the time or something. So yeah. you never know. Well, he was but, really working on the changeup. Yeah. <laughs> like he was like actually right, trying to get splitter and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So take it however you want. But I, I did some uh, investigative journalism for you guys there you go (laughs) last night at midnight just for you anyway man we are 10 rounds in and i realized that we need to take a quick break hey alex fast here and thanks for listening to this podcast on the pitcher list podcast network if you're a fan consider supporting all of us by getting a po plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff plus you can hang out with our incredible pitcherless community it's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as eight dollars a month you can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball, even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at PitcherList.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. Yes, we are going to go long in this podcast. So, Mitch Handiger, 11th round. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel pretty good. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's always going to be a little bit of an injury concern with him, although he did in the past three seasons play almost 160 games and get over 600 plate appearances in all of them. And I think he's another guy where, like, he's still going to be appealing in an OBP league. It's not elite, right? It's going to be like a 330 OBP that's probably I mean he had a 366 in 2018 but I'm probably not going to expect that again but you're still talking about 30 home runs with a good amount of runs and ribbies um I wanted to you know get another outfielder and that was the best one on the board so that was kind of it I mean Mitch Anniger it, it's it's kind of funny last year in TGFBI I took a chance on him and it worked yeah. out mm. because it was the only like decent upside guy left um in outfield but Typically, I, I really hated it because I I was under the belief that Mitch Haniger is done. His body just mm. couldn't handle the season. Um, and I, I, you know, it's funny. I went on like the uh, the Friends with Fancy Benefits slash TGFBI pod earlier this week because I thought that was just like us hanging out live. I didn't realize he was a, even a podcast. Uh, but I I spent a lot of the time talking with Dave McDonald. Um, and when I say talking and like, I was, I was ragging on him. I was, mm. I, I, I feel bad about it because, you know, I, I pushed a little too much about all the injury stuff, but I understand exactly where he comes from with all of it about, yeah, you don't put yourself in the way of a lot of risk when you don't need to. Um, and what's the biggest, uh, predictor of future injury, past injury. We know this. Mm. So Mitch Haniger to me is someone I don't want to have to gravitate to because yeah, I still believe the stuff that Steven Lineman was saying for years and, uh, he's one of the smartest guys I know about injuries. Um, and I can't help but think like, oh, yeah, like Mitch Haniger likely can't do what he just did again. Um, yeah. So I'm probably out at the same time. I see the the crop of outfielders after the 10th round and it's not great, Bob. Yeah. Uh, unlimited IL spots helps. So I don't mind. Absolutely. Um, and I do think you'll be able to find, you know, outfield, you're going to be able to find some productivity. I mean, you think about guys like Adolis Garcia, who weren't on many people's radars and then came in and was like a home run god. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mind it as much. And the, uh, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the past track record's been good enough. You said home run god was so nonchalant based on how you normally would say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You would lean into that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt a little more um, gravitas. But 12th round, man, I got to say, I love this pick. This might be my favorite pick of yours. 12th round, Carlos Rodon. I think he's getting way too undervalued. Here I am talking about risk and everything. But the fact of the matter is that Carlos Rodon was legitimately a top 10 pitcher for five months last year. I mean, it it was certifiably crazy how good his fastball was, jumping three and a half ticks from previous seasons. Um, And yes, the shoulder is concerning. He lost his uh, feel at the end, but... Especially in a shortened season fast, you got to be happy with Carlos Rodon. 100%. Shortened season, uh, not worried about the fatigue as much because now we're only talking about, you know, maybe if he gets stretched out 150 innings, which I think is realistic anyway. Um, don't really care where he lands. Um, again, unlimited IL spots, I think, in the 12th round, 
good potential to return first round value. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was thrilled. Also, I think guys like Alcantara and Woodruff allow me to take that risk, allow me to say, maybe it's only going to be 130 really quality innings. Um, but then the only downside is taking him with Pablo Lopez means that there's two kind of injury track record guys, but that very much explains my later picks. Well, it also is nice having Alcantara and Woodruff here. Yeah, um, that, that's so good to have. Okay, uh, so Jordan Romano in the 13th round, I will say it's a Solds League, which is yeah. really nice because maybe Romano's a closer, maybe he isn't, but yep. either way, he should be getting one or the other. Exactly. Go with go with the good stuff that's available. I was probably going to try and take like Gallegos, um, and I think he had just gone. Um, and I like, even though it saves whole, oh, here's where I was kicking myself, actually. I wanted Trinan. I really thought Trinan was going to be probably one of the most valuable in the saves holds league. But I was like, you know what? I can probably wait another round or two because some people are still worried. Uh, And then he went two picks later by Phillips. Um, So that kind of stunk. But I I had been targeting Romano. Um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Again, saves holds. In my experience last year, you can just pluck these from the wire whenever the heck you want. Just follow yeah, seriously, guys. and and that's what I did for the the other my final closer pick was was following him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's following Rick Graham. That's your final closer pick. Um, yeah. But uh, no, seriously, you guys hear me sometimes preach people on this. There's no one I will I will say has helped my fantasy team more than Rick Graham. Like yeah. I I'm not just doing this because it's pictureless or whatever. No, seriously, it's an, it's insane. Um, so do that. Uh, Josh Donaldson, 14th round. Yeah, Let's talk about this one. So this is what happens when you have to wait a little bit too long on third base. I mean, oh, is it yeah, yeah. Oh, is it is it terrible? No, uh, especially in an OBP, right? Because he can bat, he can have a three fifty OBP. He's done it every at right. least every year, right? So you're expecting a three fifty to three seventy OBP. He's better that way, right? So it doesn't mean that the the average is going to hurt you. And there still is twenty five to thirty home run pop. Um, so I was just kind of doing taking the best of a bad situation there because after that, man, I, I, I yeah. Just... So I, I think that's a solid pick to make in the 14th round, especially when you don't have a third baseman uh, yeah. needing one. Uh, the question is who you're going to back him up with because you will need a replacement for Josh Donaldson at some point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It does look like you're using the uh, uh, the Muncie pick as an infielder, middle infielder, I should say which means that you do need another first baseman slash third baseman. It looks like you did that in the 15th, but we'll get to that in a mm-hmm. second. Before then was Marcus Struman, yep. and I understand this. It's an innings league. You feel confident in the ERAs. The question I have is about the whip for the most part um, with Stroman, but you seem to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, you kind of summated it perfectly, right? If I'm going to take a little bit of innings risk with Lopez and Rodon, then I want to shore that up, right? Because the upside of Lopez, Rodon, Alcantara, and Woodruff is enough that it's going to keep all of my ratios down. It's just I'm getting a little worried with back-to-back potential injury risks um, that uh, I might not have enough innings. So Marcus Stroman, I think, is a really good uh, low, low, you know, high ceiling, a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. I mean, if you, you see my smile fast, you know why mm-hmm. I am. Because I saw because of what next. I took later? Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, though, was the 16th. And I'm sure a lot of people will go, what? Rizzo mm-hmm. goes way later than this. But I'm, sh- I'm sure this is because it's OBP. Yeah, it's definitely because it's OBP. And I needed to fill another middle infield spot, right? Another, like, 360 you middle infield. You had Trey Mancini in the 19th maybe to consider instead. 
or I, uh, there's some other popular ones, maybe like Frank Schindel you could consider, I, Bobby Dahlbeck, Sinead Bobby Dahlbeck, I think, is this gone. One. Bobby no. Dahlbeck. Bob, it went two available? rounds later. Two rounds later. Oh, then, yeah, that, then that is a problem because I did, I actually did, Bobby, Value, Bobby Dahlbeck was a guy that I circled to someone that I wanted to take. Maybe I thought he was going to be there a little bit later and I was going to be able to back him up. Um, Mancini, I didn't really consider because I am pretty worried about what's going to happen in that park. How do you not consider Trey Mancini? Uh, I, I'm a little worried about that park and what's going to happen. Okay, there. you're worried and, about the left field fence. Yeah, and what and happens? That's if why it's traded next, of course. Yeah, exactly. Which is the perfect transition. <laughs> another, another. Like he's like Stroman to me, right? He's another. He's got a little bit of a higher upside in terms of K's, but the ratios are going to be fine. The innings are going to be there for him. Uh, so yeah, I, I figured the it was will another be better. The yeah. strikeouts I expect to be better. The question is, is the ERA? What's the difference between Stroman and Means and innings? Stroman should have the upper hand, but it should be pretty close. Yep. Um, so so I, I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of Means. I've talked about that for a while. 18th round, as we have like 13 to go, and I'm bra- I'm blazing, 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 I'm blazing, blazing. I'm blazing, blazing <laughs> or blazing. Bleez. Which one do I want? I want to say blazing through. Bees picks here after the break. Um, so bees. I uh, Ahmed Rosario was the one I was thinking of before as a supplement to your speed, and you could theoretically not start Rizzo. Maybe have Rizzo as a util, mm-hmm. as you have now Muncy at first base, and then Rizzo, sorry Rosario as your middle infield, and Polanco at your second base. Um, I don't know if that was what your plan was. Yeah, it's. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. It was very. Yes! It was. Oh, it was a few things. It was. <laughs> I'm really now at a point where the stolen bases are not there. Um, who do I have that are remaining stolen base candidates? Rosario is a stolen base candidate. He's got infield and outfield eligibility, so he fills what? How many different positions for me? Because I could put him in any of the outfield spots. I could put him middle infield. I could put him shortstop. Yeah, I think that's it. So that's not bad. Um, and yeah, I, I I hope not to see him in the outfield again because I don't love it. But the fact that he has that eligibility can get me a good amount of steals uh, is nice for me. I needed that. that yeah, I hope it works out. There's a lot of uh, there certainly is a lot of hype about um, Ahmed Rosario uh, just as this discount late speed guy. Um, and mm-hmm. hopefully it does work out in Cleveland. Uh, Garrett Whitlock here in the 19th round. And again, the guys, it's a solids league. And I'm sure you love the stuff of Whitlock. I love it. I think even if the rumors are true that he gets converted into a starter, then it still benefits me. He might get converted into a starter. So I kind of like all the upside because at the end of the day, it's kind of all about stuff in this league, right? Because it doesn't matter where the stuff is being utilized if you're getting holds. So I think he is, even if he, if he gets the eighth, it benefits me. If he turns into a starter, it could theoretically benefit me. Uh, it's all about stuff. And he's got really, really good stuff. Mm, yeah he's like the best oreo double the stuff we have carson kelly in the 20th round as he needed a second catcher and carson kelly is actually someone i've been seeing a lot of just yep second catcher it's carson kelly yeah i think we'll be able to you know with the with the dh and the nl now you might be able to have dalton varsho not take as much playing time away from him uh i was looking at zunino but i didn't want to take the obp tank um, so I think he's <laughs> be <too> dark. <laughs> yeah, oh, in a bad way. Um, he, he's not the sexiest pick, right? He's just kind of a guy that is like a fine second catcher. That's not going to kill you. You're going to get yeah. 
like 15 home runs in a 320. And, and you took uh, it took Kelly's uh, teammate in Josh Rojas, otherwise known mm-hmm. as Alex Chamberlain's uh, dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Rojas? Is this the year that we see the best iteration of him? I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, he's another guy, too, who's going to get me uh, the infield outfield eligibility, which I really love. Um, And he's got a chance to be like a 15-15 candidate, right? And I think getting that potential, you know, this late, we're in what round right now? We're in the 21st, and I can get 15-15 with a nice OBP. That's some nice upside, so. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, it's not perfect eyesight, but, you know, it's close. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have the 22nd round is Enrique Hernandez, yeah. um, who was a really nice, sneaky 12-teamer ad for second base help last year. And you're just hoping that he stays atop that Boston Red Sox lineup. Exactly. I was really hurting in runs at the moment. So I was like, well, might as well get the guy who's leading off for what's going to be a very good offense. And again, if any of those outfielders start to not perform, if Hanniger gets hurt, mm. um, then I've got Rojas or Enrique Fernandez or Enrique Hernandez to plug in. I just love that because it opens up the the um, uh, the fob pool to me so much more the fob the fob period you know what i mean though it's like now i'm not just looking at second baseman being like oh my god what am i gonna do here you know uh it it just gives me so much more flexibility absolutely now this is a five outfield league correct yep so you have stalling Marte, joey gallo mitch handiger and now it's enrique hernandez as your fourth or rosario and rojas i oh ahmed rosario yeah, Rosario and Rojas. I didn't even consider that one, and Josh Rojas as well. Okay, so you have yeah. some flexibility, but it does feel like that is the area of attack, and that's honestly what it should be. Um, everyone can understand that outfield is the easiest position to fill in season. Yep. Uh, so keep yourself open with that. Three at the beginning and then two later on makes a lot of sense. 23rd round is Lucas Sims, and we're huge fans of Lucas Sims, not only as a pitcher, but also as a human. Um, I remember yeah. you got to talk to him about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing curveball. And I, he seems to be in a very good situation in Cincinnati. It saves holds too. And that's exactly where I went to Rick Graham's list. I said, <laughs> who's the best available. I actually was going to go with Andrew Kittredge. I had him ranked a little bit higher and I trust, uh, I trust Rich Graham a little bit more. Saves and holds two. the quickening. Um, Aaron Ashby in the 24th round. I mean, this is someone uh, we adore here. Um, but, you know, if you listen to the last podcast, you heard me really understand and talk out loud as I convinced myself away from drafting Aaron Ashby in a lot of drafts just because of the confusion of how he's going to start. And I got to say, in a shorter season, the appeal of Ashby goes down a little bit because it's mm-hmm. less time not only for Ashby to get the the flagged or the green light to start, but also then to ramp up and be the man that we want him to be. What drew you to Ashby instead of some other late round guys, maybe like Steven Matz or Marco Gonzalez for the innings. Um, and my boy, Steven Strasburg, who I'm saying in every single league I am in, I have to ensure I get at the end of my draft. Strasburg we'll get to because he's definitely someone I considered Ashby. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I'm I in that last podcast was all about like I don't necessarily want him because you don't know what the innings are going to be. 
Um, I really kind of like him in this format where I can put him in for a week and accumulate all of his stats for that week. Because even if they do use him as middle relief, there's a chance I get like four or five innings out of him over the course of the week with really, really good ratios and a good amount of strikeouts for that week. You could also theoretically make the argument that, hey, we're only going to be playing, you know, 130 games. So actually, we're going to ramp you up and just let you pitch uh, a, a lot more than we would have the last year. You know what I mean? Um, I think even if they turn him into uh, an eighth inning guy or put him, excuse me, a seventh inning guy and put him right before Devin Williams, then I can theoretically get some holds there. Again, it's about it's about taking stuff. Um, and yeah, I can definitely make the argument for Strasburg. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but I don't think these other guys I kind of liked as much. Maybe I could have done Patino instead, who will definitely get more innings, but Ashby's stuff, that slider is legit. So let's see. And now we're also right in my bench. That's the other thing, too. Rotos that lock in for the week. Like, I don't know how having an in-depth bench almost makes it more frustrating. You want to be able to set it and forget Mm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't really mind having Ashby just sit there for three or four weeks while I start mean so, Stroman, Lopez, Rodon, Woodruff. So here's the thing, especially in a 12-teamer. I mean, I did this in Tout last year. Um, it pushed me to the semis at all. Is scouting every single week, all right, who were the starters that I want to target? And my pitching staff was about two, three guys that I was like, every week I'm fine with. And then everyone else was, no, I'm just streaming every single week based on the starts. Mm-hmm. And that's how I used my bench was to to you know there's certain guys that's like all right i want to hold on to this when it's a better week or so um while the other ones are no no this is the week that i got to go and get i mean that's how i got adam wade right on my team was yeah. because he was going against the pirates in the first or second week i was like all right you know what? i wanted for that one start and then all of a sudden it kept going and by holding on to ashby um it isn't that mentality right it is a mentality of holding on to ashby not swapping out that spot which could yeah. very well work and you make a very good case and look this is a nice safety blanket and obviously there's a ceiling for a lot more um which is a yeah again a good argument i uh, something to consider when you're crafting your benches for those weekly leagues yeah. is how you want to use them in season for me it was finding those streaming matchups every week um garrett hampson 25th round uh and i think a lot of people will really like that pick fast yeah, again, <clears throat> not a lot of stolen bases options on the board at that point. I'm still noticing I was falling behind a little bit in that category. This is that safety blanket there. He's projected to hit ninth for the Rockies right now. Oh, no. They love to just mismanage how he works. He is another second base outfield eligible guy, which I think is hilarious. Like my middle infield and outfield is going to be plenty of people, plenty of options for middle infield and outfield between Hampson and everyone else. Uh, but yeah, he gives me a little more uh, of that stolen base upside if it should come to life. And it never hurts having a guy in cores. So we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll give him a couple of weeks uh, and uh, hopefully can be productive for me. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Everyone else in the majors or in the National League is replacing the pitcher with a DH, but the Colorado Rockies are doing it with the GH. Not nearly as good. Uh, we've got Kyle Lewis in the 26th mm-hmm. round, former Rookie of the Year. A lot of hype, of course, after 2020. Didn't quite come to fruition last year in 2021. Do you think a nice rebound is in store for Kyle Lewis? Yeah, I think so. I think it's good where he's hitting in that lineup. I mean, we're, we're talking about the backup outfielders now, and the options were getting really, really sparse. The other guys who went after him were Austin Hayes, Rymel Tapia, Anthony Alford, Bradley Zimmer. Right. I like Kyle Lewis the best out of all those dudes. Bradley Zimmer's kind of cool. I don't know. He he went before. Don't worry. You couldn't have had him. Oh, but I still think even if he was there, I think I would. What? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of fun power speed potential theoretically coming out from Bradley Zimmer. But yeah, you don't really know if this is all of a sudden the year, but prospect growth isn't linear. I think it's a fun late pick to make Kyle Lewis. Sure, why not? Hmm. Why not fast? Uh, 27th round is Drew Rasmussen, a guy with a hard fastball that somehow induced so many outs and then a slider that has a nice shape but is not consistent and not much else for the Rays. Mm. Are you expecting this as a starter? Are you expecting this as a reliever? We don't I'm really expecting know a starter. Okay. I, I'm expecting a starter. I mean, he's, he's penciled in as the number two right now, and it, which is crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's literally their number two starter. Oh, no. Um, right. Is that right? I mean, okay. yeah. Shane McClanahan. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So we, are, we were expecting Shane Boz to not show up right away, but probably Maybe will not. now. Um, and I'm probably going to push up Shane Boz in my ranks now, come to think of it, because I was assuming them not to do it to limit him. But if, I was saying like it's going to be April 20th or something. And that's yeah. So Shane Boz is the number two. Corey mm-hmm. Kluber is the number three. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Patino and Rasmussen. Am I forgetting someone? Ryan Yarbrough? Yeah, who I don't think is difficult to beat up particularly. No, not really. The Friday Pirates. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so Rasmussen, how, how good did you feel about this one? I I just listened to a Rates of Barrels episode and Eno was going off on how great his stuff was. So I said, why not? I'll take a there shot. There you go. That's that's as good of a reason as any, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I I I also thought that I could have just gone ahead and taken Strasburg. Mm. And I was like, he'll be there the next round for nope. me. No, twenty seventh is already late. Well, he was there the next round for me. He was. Oh, and then I was like, ah, he'll be there the neck. He'll be there the oh final round for me. So How I took Anthony you? Santander because there's a lot of pop potential there. And then I was like, cool. I think I'm going to get Strasburg. And that could be the pick of my draft. Unlimited IL. Like, I'm glad this is going to work out super well. But it's and, not because uh, it's I- unlimited IL. It's not what do you that mean? reason. It's because you'll make a decision on Strasburg maybe even before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll know uh, if Strasburg is throwing 94 again. Or not. Yeah. And if he's not, you don't want him. But it's the last, it's like the end of your draft where the the value of these picks, we don't expect to be holding on to them anyway. So you might as well go for the one with legitimately the highest ceiling of all of them. And you'll know sooner than all of them. Yeah, That's why Strasburg is going up in my ranks because I'm kind of realizing uh, that when it comes to my top 100, I there are fewer guys that are actually like getting drafted that matter. So might as well just shove him closer to like the mid-60s or so for I'm that exact reason. Um, I'm with you. There are other guys to consider, by the way. Uh, Ronzi Contreras went in the 28th by Sealy and uh, John. Uh, kind of interesting. Kind of a FOMA, mm-hmm. same idea, same principle. In a way, Sixto Sanchez went also earlier that round, same exact idea. Um, but I'm actually really shocked that Andy Barron's got Joe Ryan in the 29th round. And I'm, I am a little surprised that you passed on him. It's tough to tough for me to pass up on Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, I just really am a believer in the stuff. Shortened season means that it could theoretically be up a little bit sooner. Um, I, I, I have the space where I can hold on. I mean, this is kind of what I was thinking too, where it was like in a weekly it's unless someone gets injured, it's gonna be a little while before I'm probably deviating between Woodruff, Alcantara, Lopez, Rodon, Stroman, and Means, right? Like those right. guys are locked. 
And that means I have, it's nine pitcher spots and it's all P it's not SP and RP. So yeah, maybe I could get another guy in there, but I like to have at least three relievers in keep ratios down, get build those chances at holds and saves. So I was kind of like, listen, if those positions are locked, it doesn't hurt me. If like, if, if camp breaks and they're like, Grayson will not be up until June, then I can be like, all right, I'm not doing this. Sure. Uh, and then I can go ahead and try and get something else. And like you always say, there's going to be plenty on the waiver wire that we have. Absolutely. Oh, yes. No oh, idea. About, wait. Right? It's like the one of the biggest joys of the year is just- it is great. Alec Manoa showing up and being the greatest thing ever, you know, exactly. So I, I, I have no problem cutting bait quick with Grayson Rodriguez, but if the Orioles are like, we're excited about him, um, he probably still is going to be able to get work in because he's in the minors. Mm. Um, I don't know. I I wanted to give myself that shot to to see if he's the real deal. Put my money where my mouth. I, I I understand that. I mean that's that's kind of along the same idea of, of Strasburg and stuff. I'm just Joe Ryan here in the 29th is insanely good. Uh, that's all. Well, the, I just want to give Andy a massive shout out for that one. It's Why insane. is Joe Ryan insanely good? Well, you'll find out actually on episode three ten of On the Corner. Oh, there is the we person go. we're going to be leading off with. Yes. Well, here's the thing though. That will probably be in a week. And why is that? Well, I have my labor draft on Saturday. Yes. So we'll probably talk about that on Monday and then get back to the normal 100. I mean, here's the thing. We got 71 to 80. Then the week after that, it's 81 to 90 and 91 to 100. And mm-hmm. then the week after that, we got, I don't know, two two pods for uh, for the past 100. Yeah, yeah there are... There are a lot of guys that we are not going to talk about there, yeah. but we'll probably do some sort of segmenting of it. Like, okay, what are the, you know, give me five to 10 that are this or that, right? Instead of just going through them. Because, I mean, if you read the tier names, it's laughable. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We have time to do it, but for another time fast. And for another time. That is going to do it. For episode 309 of the On the Corner podcast, I am your host, Nick Pollock. And I'm Alex Fast. We'll talk to you guys next week.